0: Hey everyone, thank you for having your earballs open and tuned in to the very first Moto Mo podcast. I will be your host. My name is Will, and this first interview is with a 17 year old gent by the name of Carter Ferris. Now, my reason for choosing Carter aside from the fact that he's an accomplished downhill mountain biker and uh, recently rediscovered dirt biking again, and it's more so to do with the life threatening illness that was presented to him and his parents, Paul and Emily, when he was quite young. All of the uh, very odd and interesting circumstances that had occurred, not to mention the relentless and tireless love and support from his parents to see him through this illness. So without any further ado, this is Carter Ferris to kick things off for us here on Moto Mo.
1: I guess it started in grade seven, technically, grade six, I guess. And I, we don't quite know the full story, but I was bitten by a tick and then uh, given Lyme's disease. At the time I didn't know I had Lyme's disease. And then I kinda had sore joints in grade seven. At first we actually thought um, I had broken my wrist, scaphoid bone. I don't know it's like a little bone in your wrist okay it's a common one to break for dirt biking and stuff mm-hmm. because actually travis ran me over the dirt bike like the day before <laughs> of course yeah. <laughs> yeah so they they casted me up and stuff and i had a cast and like was swelling more and then what was it it was spreading to the other wrist too so they're like Hmm. broken bones usually don't go to both wrists if you you know just so then uh realized or suspected i had rheumatoid arthritis i guess i went and saw a rheumatologist in victoria and
0: now at that point there hadn't been anything established regarding diabetes though right no
1: no okay so uh, i guess i they they, the main thing that they subscribe or uh for uh rheumatoid arthritis is a drug called methyltrexate and they were pushing that super hard for me and meth- basically what methyltrexate does is it uh, it kills your or it, like drops your immune system it tries to take it out and the idea behind that is is, is your immune system actually attacking my joints okay. so if i if i take out the immune system then it won't attack my joints that's the theory behind it but Luckily back then I didn't go on it because I didn't know I had Lyme's disease. Right. So my, my body was actually fighting the Lyme's disease and Lyme's disease like still kind of hide in joints and hide. It's really good at hiding. So the body gets confused and it tries to attack it and it's attacking itself. It's it's just not a good situation.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So obviously
0: Carter's really well educated with what it is he's going through and, um, more importantly, what it will take to get him better. Uh, I can only attribute this entirely to his parents, really, and so much of it to his father, Paul, who I actually work for. And um, what I know of Paul is that uh, he's a tireless investigator uh, of information and fact and truth, uh, especially when it comes to so much misinformation out there. I can definitely say with great confidence that he's the type of person that you want in your corner when the shit hits the fan, especially when it comes to something that's potentially threatening your life.
1: So, my dad was really not into me taking uh, Mm methyltrexate. We didn't, and we tried like all the different herbal and alternative methods. Mm -hmm. I went through a whole bunch of other tried diets. I've tried different treatments mm. PRP treatment I've tried I can't even remember it like there's no, so many that's a lot it's, it sounds really involved yeah. yeah and then my dad was kind of he's like super in well, like researching and like oh, yeah. looking it up and stuff and staying up late looking up and one of the things was I had some of the symptoms for Lyme's disease like okay out of the blue thought it could be Lyme's disease thought it was thought it could be Lyme's disease and then everyone actually said, even our natural paths were like, I don't think it could be lymes. I I highly doubt it. My dad was like, I like pushed it really hard, and then we ended up taking the test, which BC actually doesn't recognize lyme's disease. So we ended up um, uh, getting a testing place in the states for lyme's disease and. It was expensive. It was like three grand for the testing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I came back the most positive for Lyme's disease like they'd ever seen. Like it was ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. And then, uh, so to kill Lyme's disease, it's about a year of antibiotics, which sucks. Like every morning puking, just terrible Mm -hmm. sucked, but I felt some relief in my joints. Um, and then we did the test again after about a year of uh, antibiotics. Came back negative. So you're somewhat out of the woods now. Somewhat, right? But I still, what? Um, it's triggered an autoimmune response. Mm-hmm. So my body's still stuck attacking itself, I guess. Okay so my autoimmune response was still triggered mm-hmm. and then uh, i guess it, it just attacked my pancreas and then out of the blue i was getting like super thirsty uh i was oh, i was right out of it i was vomiting and then i went to the hospital and they Oh, well, that's what it was. I was really constipated. Mm-hmm. I didn't, take in a poo in over a month. It was really bad. Over a month? Yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, so I went to the hospital and they thought I was just constipated. Mm-hmm. They gave me an enema kit and sent me home. And like, honestly, it was pretty close. If they, if I didn't come back the next night, I could have went into a coma and died.
0: So this isn't somebody just trying to exaggerate something. To get a point across, uh, Carter's just telling it like it is, or like it was, and um, he's setting up what I believe to be one of the more amazing parts of this interview.
1: Yeah, so we went back the next day mm-hmm. after like that. My kit didn't work. He's feeling terrible. He's throwing up, and I was like, I was, I was hallucinating. I thought aliens were coming for me on the ride to. Um, to the hospital, like going past Cameron Lake. Mm-hmm. The lines were moving, I thought there was aliens like right out of it.
0: And you hadn't done mushrooms since you were like three at this point. No. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> great. <Yeah. Sorry. laughs> anyway, so, and then we got there and the nurse like instantly smelled it on me and I was in, in the bed like there. What did she smell? Oh, I shouldn't say she. He. Nurse. Yeah. It was she. She yeah. smelled uh, the sugar on my breath. Like it okay. smelled sweet. Wow. Yeah. And like now that I recall looking back on it, like I could my boogers mm-hmm. Smelt like candy. So you ate them, <laughs> like <laughs> Elf would.
0: <laughs>
1: wow, that's intense. So yeah. And then she immediately established that yeah. this kid's diabetic. Yeah. And then I think my blood sugar was around above forty which wow. is, like, ridiculous. And didn't you have to go to Victoria, sort of emergency? Yeah, they yeah. were trying to, but it was also, like, a super stormy night, so they couldn't airlift me, so wow. they ended up having to drive, and it was, like, sucky drive. Or, no kidding. And the... Your parents, my God. Yeah. Wow, what a thing. Yeah, so they figured out, they also figured out that I have hypothyroid, thyroid that too. Yeah. So I have to take medication for that as well
0: so here we are uh, finally we've arrived at the place we can talk about motorcycles now that we've uh, kind of chewed through some of the hard stuff there um, but i just wanted to take a moment to say that uh, sitting across from carter and speaking with him the one thing that i noticed uh, is that he speaks with a, a constant smile a little bit of a grin on you can see it in his eyes too and this is a sign of somebody who's been through a lot but has sort of a built-in eternal optimism about them, even if he's unaware of that. And I think you can hear it in his voice as we continue this interview. All right, uh, I guess now that we've covered a lot of like, those hurdles and all of those um, like haymakers in your life and your parents' life and stuff that you've been through, uh, we can get to the fun stuff, which is the riding itself, right? Yeah so i know we covered a bit of the mountain bike stuff um but i was wondering if you could extrapolate a little bit on like how you rediscovered uh dirt biking again and the bike and how you found it and you know that kind of thing so
1: yeah so i kind of um my neighbor has a klx 250 and uh I kind of was, and they also have a, a TTR 125, like a little pit bike. And when I, my hands were kind of strong enough, I could use the clutch on the pit bike and I could ride around and follow them around on that. And then my hands got even stronger, and uh, Shane, next door neighbor, uh, Travis's dad, let me try the, the 250 out. and fuck it was awesome like (laughs) so much power I've never ridden uh, that powerful a bike before Mm -hmm. and then I was like yeah okay I gotta I gotta get myself a bike now nice so saved up some money from working and uh, started looking and asking around I mean I was looking for a 125 at first Mm -hmm. and then uh, I rode Cooper, Cooper's uh, 250, his uh, YZ250. That's a two-stroke as well. Yeah, yeah. two-stroke. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, was, I was like, this is actually... Like, I can handle the power. It's pretty fun, actually. I'm surprised. I was, like, super surprised I could actually, like, ride it without killing myself. <laughs> yeah. So I decided, yeah, I'm going 250 all the way. Nice. And um, I, I was asking around, and my uncle, actually, he knew a guy that was kind of wanting to part ways with a, his uh, a bike, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a 02 uh, CR250, and he like barely rode it. I think he rode it a couple times, and every time he rode it, he broke a bone, so he wasn't, Wow, really? Yeah, he, he didn't like, like he was just scared of it, I guess. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, and uh, super cool dude. He was like, he's a car mechanic, so it was in mint condition wow yeah so and that's alex found that for you yeah it's a pretty special bike actually
0: yeah no kidding yeah and uh how long have you had that bike now uh about six
1: months yeah about six months right, mm. months but you've probably put 40 hours on an hour. Oh, right at least, easily yeah. maybe a yeah. hundred <laughs> yeah there's a lot i don't have an hour meter but there's a lot on it yeah no yeah. the guy seemed to think i had somewhere between 30 and 40 hours when i bought it so good for you that's super cool and that's so you just leave out the front gates you yeah. take it you take a right and yeah. that's it yeah we just got anything we want really we can go and ride pits we can go and ride hard and narrow. we can go ride single track mm-hmm. uh, we could even go ride track if we wanted to right it's a little more of an adventure but we can we can ride from port from here to port track Wow and
0: uh rob was saying that the bridge is back in uh down on qualcomm river which yes. is pretty remarkable for the accessibility over to from Meadowwood and back
1: yeah it's awesome it's safe because cooper lives in meadow to come here yeah it saves him a lot of time a lot it's safer because he doesn't have to ride on the highway so a couple of
0: things here had really stood out for me um one of them is how many times have you ever spoken to anybody about riding or even specifically, dirt bikes, and they're discussing what's safer. Um, this doesn't happen, especially with people my age. Uh, for some reason, we still have the bravado or a bit of an axe to grind, and we don't want to admit even what scares us at times, I think. But uh, the second thing with Carter was really just how he sees his friends and the people around him, how he's so self aware of who he is. And, but even more importantly, aware of everybody who's, who, who is around him that could be inspiring him or helping him or him doing vice versa with them. And that's just plain old refreshing. And I think that uh, any one of us would sign up to have a friend like that. Uh, as far as your friends that you ride with, um, I mean, the way that people see you as a downhill mountain biker and mm-hmm. watch you excel with natural talent and stuff like that. Who in, with your friends do you see that puts the work in and has a has a real unbelievable natural ability and is so great to go riding
1: with because it makes you better? Who are those guys? I would have to say uh, my friend Cooper. He he's obviously very uh, self-talented, but at the same time, my cousin is extremely talented, and Cooper has put a little more work, but he's he's surpassed jake now and wow jake is an amazing rider and now cooper is and cooper's always pushing you to get better and ch- showing me all the little techniques and things and really yeah it's really fun actually because i can take him mountain biking and then he's getting into mountain biking and i teach him everything i know about mountain biking and then he takes me dirt biking teaches me everything he knows about dirt biking so we're just kind of both getting better in the two sports wow that's huge yeah. I think that might even be called symbiotic. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it means, but I've never looked it up. <laughs> yeah. That's super killer. I, yeah. That's Cooper who works at spunkies Yeah. Uh, he's, I think he's kind of, um, is he apprenticing to be
1: a mechanic? I believe so, yeah.
0: So there's a topic that I was reluctant in bringing up with Carter. It's usually a bit of an elephant in the room, especially speaking with seasoned writers, let alone somebody fairly new. But it's the, um, the inevitable close call, um, or as people like to call it, being bit by the dog and uh, if you were able to avoid the dog or how hard you were bitten. Um, my next podcast will be an interview with a friend of mine, Josh William, who was out on his DR on um, the city streets and a Jeep hopped a lane, I guess, and he had a head-on collision with that Jeep, and you can just imagine how that all played out. So I guess in speaking with Carter, I get a sense that he's definitely aware of it at all times, for sure, Um, and not complacent with it. But thankfully, he hasn't been bitten by that dog yet. Uh, But he definitely knows they're out there running around in the bush looking to get a chomp on somebody. But after speaking with him, I'd have to wonder if uh, it's the dogs that he has to worry about running into out there versus some other type of elusive and strange beast. To speak to that, have you had any real close calls where you were like uh, clearly you haven't really done anything physically destructive yet? No. But any moments that kind of made you go, fuck, like.
1: Besides driving an dirt bike on the road, there's a couple times I was like, well, that's scary. Right. But, um. You mean like the sheer speed on concrete? And just being a dumbass, like passing cars and stuff. <laughs> right. And you're probably not wheeling past the cars either, right? Yeah, no, definitely not. No. Yeah. But like there's been a couple times where you've come back, it's a bit dark. It's kinda of scary. I've almost hit a couple of bears. Yeah. As in
0: a couple of different times, or you've almost plowed into two bears?
1: Actually, as in I've almost plowed into a couple of bears two times. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> wow yeah i was coming like i like to when we ride up with save gas you turn your bike off and put it in neutral and roll down the hill because they go up a mountain right and build on the trails up there mm-hmm. and we come down i shut shut my bike off and just coast i guess they didn't hear me coming because my bike was quiet right and i came pretty close a couple times to I'm the same bear actually mom and its cubs. okay I mean, it, honestly, it's not a close call. I just started my, like, bum started my bike, and they ran off into the woods, I felt pretty safe, so.
0: Yeah, good. No, that's fair. Is there something about you and the riding that you do that you feel is a restriction that you'd like to get over, like, in your brain, of how you go about it? Besides just wanting to be better, like, all yeah. of us want to be better. Yeah. Do you feel like you've ever put yourself in your own way from progressing, or? Yeah, definitely,
1: yeah. Right, and
0: how's and how so that?
1: I think it just comes down to, like, commit like fully committing to certain things right like if you're like just i always find i always kind of half go for it sometimes which i know is really dangerous right so i'm I, working on that kind of fully just commit to something
0: yeah yeah fair enough no yeah. I, I i think i know exactly what you're talking about yeah and uh the most difficult hurdle is for you as a as a literally as a biker uh either pedal or throttle what's the biggest hurdle that you you can foresee or have seen or dealt with
1: uh definitely say my health for sure okay yeah
0: and that said uh do you feel that by participating in both of these things it has been an, an advantage to your health oh for sure yeah huge mentally awesome. and physically that's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. So this, again, not, not something that could that kept you down. So speaking of uh, not being kept down, it must absolutely run in the family. Um, June of 2008, Carter was almost five years old. He was in his car seat in the SUV that they owned at the time. And his mom, Emily, was driving, just heading down the road that they live on and they came to an intersection where somebody blew through a stop sign uh, at a high rate of speed. Hitting the Xterra with so, such ferocity that it just it slammed it onto its side and the vehicle, their vehicle continued to slide down the road. Windows blown out, back hatchet blown off of it, uh, the axle was even torn away from it. And uh, Emily's hand was somehow wedged in between the the door and the frame when they came to a, a stop and so she had to pull her hand out quickly and subsequently that tore off the end of her finger and she grabbed Carter and crawled out through the sunroof and uh, miraculously Carter was relatively unscathed other than being frightened to death as an infant and uh, Emily suffered uh, the hand injury and quite a harsh neck injury with nerve damage and to this day goes to a gym to rehabilitate or become stronger and forge through it and continue through life. And I think this is just a testament of the cloth that they're all cut from and uh, how it is and why it is Carter is who he is. No, back to the whole, uh, your your home here. And like, I, I touched touched on it a little bit when we we're talking about what you guys had been through like the su- but the support from your parents which mm. is i've mentioned i think it's way beyond any kind of any financial thing at all it's yeah. just like that complete and utter you know r- ridiculous level of support for
1: yeah what you do yeah i wouldn't like like i said before i wouldn't be here today if my mom hadn't uh got me out of bed every morning and just made me work to like overcome all those problems that i've had that's amazing
0: yeah yeah that's a huge huge thing yeah because uh i can't imagine even what it was like for them to go through that stuff with you because personally speaking i was really and still am super close to my mom yeah and my dad spent a lot of time working and great man awesome guy uh, but uh most of my days and weekends and time were spent with my mom or my friends, right, yeah. and especially when I was quite young and I kind of saw that in you when you were started to get a little older from being a baby and stuff with your mom and mm-hmm. and I thought it was really great super awesome well, thanks a lot for all this and uh last but not least, if you could blink and open your eyes and there 's a dirt bike in front of you just <laughs> it just shows up out of nowhere you still get to keep your cr but what would be like a dream bike for you to just like whoa fuck, where'd that come from and it's yours
1: uh maybe like uh like a ktm 300 or the yzx 250 okay yeah awesome and can't uh, really decide between the two they're both pretty cool yeah yeah and the 300 that's, is that the tpi or yeah i'll go tpi for sure
0: okay awesome yeah well good answers yeah. so there you have it folks the very first Moto Mo podcast uh, right out of the gates I gotta say it was just awesome speaking with Carter I ended up with well over an hour and a half worth of interview that I had to whittle down to this 20 some odd minutes and that was over the course of a number of weeks actually so I got to listen to this a lot and uh, I just want to thank him for the, for being such an open book about everything and Um, i guess what it had me doing was uh the more i listened to it that is is it had me evaluating what i was getting out of this myself Um, was i living vicariously through a 17 year old Um, or was it because caroline and i uh, were pregnant almost 17 years ago and if it was successful we'd have a teenager i don't have an answer for it um maybe the more i listen to this down the road it'll it'll surface but uh for now, I guess we can just chalk it up to a really good interview uh, with somebody who is inspiring. And um, I'll leave it at that for now. And I would just like to thank you guys for listening. I'd like to thank Corey and Caroline for helping me edit this and making sure it didn't ramble on too badly. And again, you're listening to Motomo, and hope to see you down the road.